Triple Whale has just launched a simple finance platform called FinHub, and I'm already loving it. One simple dashboard for all the tools and accounts you're already using, so you can gain clarity with your consolidated data, your real-time cash flow, your accrual P&Ls. It's designed to help those brands that are built on Shopify to operate smarter. So go over to triplewell.com and check it out. Engagement response to that went through the roof. Retention went up because people would pause or delay instead of canceling. And most of the time, those people would eventually transact again. They just needed a buffer mm-hmm. instead of canceling. There are so many variables in people's lives that you don't even think about that they don't want want it overflowing, especially if they live in a condo and they have not a ton of storage space and now it's just creeping out onto their floor. Welcome back to Pit Stop. Joining me once again is Jonathan Crawford. He has been all over the place starting venture-backed software companies, selling to Alibaba, working with high-growth startups, including Mudwater and Groovy on the D2C side, which is what we're talking about today, specifically some of the ways he used automations through Mesa to increase orders and reduce churn. Jonathan, welcome back to Pitstop. It's glad to be back. So uh, we were talking in the green room of how you did really two, two things, which is the holy grail for any consumable company, which is A, increase orders of of your customers so increase your repeat orders get your ltv up your cltv whatever you want to abbreviate it to but also reduce churn and those are two huge huge things it's so so hard to get a customer to trust you to give you money to send them something in the mail that they're going to put into their mouth into their body it's really a very intimate experience that you're you're creating so it's really hard to do that so when if you have a leaky bucket of churn you can just be lighting money on fire if you're not careful. So I'd love to just pass over to you. We talked a little bit about that first order experience. Let's dive into that and how we use education to increase the number of orders customers are placing and then also reducing churn because both aren't going to happen if customers are having bad experiences. The idea of, I mean, Mudwater is like at the time, you know, I haven't been there in about a year, but at the time it was like 80 plus percent subscription purchases. And, you know, obviously then you want to keep people on the, on the subscription and snowball that retention over time. And what, what we would do is it had a pretty sophisticated churn survey when somebody went to cancel about with a bunch of different reasons and mapped that in cohorts over time to then be able to introduce improvements to the experience targeted at one of those reasons and then see how that uh, trended as like kind of a market share of total cancellations over a period of time. And so that was very much a team effort doing a bunch of a bunch of different surface area. But for instance, we noticed like a big problem was I don't like the way it tastes. And would put things in the, you know, we redid our booklet that ships with the first order. And it's about like, you know, how to make it and why it tastes the way it does. Now it's organic and natural and there's nothing to, you know, there's no sugar and everything kind of spun it into a positive. But then also did some of that, like, uh, you know, SMS stuff about how to make it. But then specifically, I noticed another problem, which was I have too much on hand. Now I have too much on hand doesn't mean you don't like the product. It actually doesn't mean you don't want to be a subscriber, right? Like maybe you love it and you just like went on vacation or you drink it five days a week instead of seven or whatever. So 
really there just needs to be a better way to pause or skip or delay your subscription. And what we saw was that uh, like a lot of folks were just missing the email that said, hey, you have an upcoming order in three days getting filtered into spam or what again filtered into like just low priority inbox and customer support actually was getting hammered with a bunch of hey i just was billed this morning and i don't want the order can you cancel it and like half the time it had already gone out and we we're out the money and that was a pain in the neck so people just weren't aware of being able to skip and delay so i created a mesa workflow that at the i think three days before a renewal goes out it texted them as well as emailing them that they're going to get a renewal in three days. Reply now to go over here and, and sort of manage your, your subscription and pause, skip, delay if you want to. Engagement response to that went through the roof. Retention went up because people would pause or delay instead of canceling. And most of the time, those people would eventually transact again. They just needed a buffer mm -hmm. instead of canceling. That's really interesting. And it's there are so many variables in people's lives that you don't even think about that they don't want want it overflowing, especially if they live in a condo and they have not a ton of storage space and now it's just creeping out onto their floor. They want to use it up. They don't want to to have it pile up and they also don't want to feel like they have to to forcibly drink their their beverages. Mm -hmm. So we talked a little bit about it in the last episode of delivering that educational content to make sure people can really brew that first cup really well. What about future cups and, and future ways to enjoy the, the product? Does that educational piece start and, and end with the first order? Or how does that grow with a customer's lifetime purchases? Well, this was less my responsibility at Mudwater, but we certainly do a lot of that at Groovy with like mocktail creation or just other occasions, ways to consume it with the family or take it with you places, switching over to another product that you haven't tried. But for us, the biggest thing is is product drops, like limited time, mm -hmm. limited edition. That stuff kills in beverage. People are, everybody wants to try that new thing every time. But certainly anytime we put out a, like a mocktail recipe, especially a seasonal stuff, like maybe it's a hot, warm holiday drink. Maybe it's a something for 4th of July. There, there's always a big spike to just tell people like, because then people can like sort of imagine using it instead of just seeing a bottle or can on a website. Yeah. And it's, looks good, but I don't know what I, I want to do with it. And if it's a new premium beverage, I'm always, it's like, I'm always weird like this. Of if I get something new or nice, I'm always saving it, but I don't really know what I'm saving it for. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to encourage customers to, to use that. And then I guess kind of transitioning into the, the last part of, of talking about, about Mesa and how you've done a lot of automations. How do you get started with templates? And then how do you expand those templates into the more customized automations that you need? Yeah. Well, I usually just, to, to be honest, I, I don't always know what I'm, I want to do before I start fiddling. Sometimes I'm just like, wouldn't it be nice? Sometimes it's solving a problem. Sometimes it wouldn't it be nice. Like, for instance, recently I just set up one that emails me low inventory notifications. So if we start getting mm. down to like 25 units left or something historically i wouldn't even know i don't think shopify tells you and you're sold out and people mm -hmm. are and you're like report the next day is low and you like have to start looking around for their answer to why yeah it, it ruins the joy of seeing your sales go up 
and then you're thinking, oh man, I, I got to start re replenishing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just don't like those surprises. So I, I set up a, a, a low inventory notification and then an out of stock notification. So just like after every order, it loops through all the items in the order, checks their available inventory. If any of them are, well, less than 20 on the first one, then it'll email me and say, this product is is running low. And so that's been helpful, but like kind of knew I wanted to set up a, a notification like that, but I it really was just about sort of like playing around, like seeing what else is in the templates, if there's anything like it. And I think I did ultimately find a an existing template, but then I just fiddled with it until it worked the way I want it. And then, so how do you go about customizing those? Is it working with the different different apps you're putting in? Is it the the data that goes into your data warehouse? How do you take that from sort of the 101 level of browsing, looking at the automations kind of thing? Okay, it would be nice to take a customer. It might be nice to get this replenishment to, okay, now let's take everyone who's been tagged. We know that they always buy our product drops. Make sure that they get the replenishment notifications first. How do you go about from the the templated approach to the customized approach well i will say that like you got to be persistent if you if you want to off-road you have to work just that much harder to get it to work because i mean this whole ecosystem is like in its early days and you know Mm -hmm. it's not going to be fully drag and drop yet but just stick with it because you're probably right right about to cross over the horizon just stick with it but you know, for me, anything that I can figure out how to tag somebody, then I can do cool stuff in Clavio with that. So mm-hmm. that's usually the upstream destination, but I'm just going to tag a customer. So it's it's pretty easy to tag a customer. and But then you can do all kinds of cool stuff with it in, in something like Clavio. And then in terms of the, the tagging and filtering it up, do you try to keep your tags clean? Do you... Just if it can tag and it's more than one customer, you throw the tag on. What's your approach to to tagging? Because I always tag with good intentions and then end up tagging a bunch of stuff that means that means nothing. Good point. I don't do any manual tagging. I think maybe like customer support does if they have to have a specific interaction, but I don't do any manual tagging. It, it can really kind of become a junk drawer. My philosophy is don't like track things you're not going to use when i'm helping other startups set up like data tracking and data warehouse stuff data analytics for software e-commerce it doesn't matter don't track things you're not going to use because it actually just like creates noise and you can't pay attention to what's important so don't tag it unless you're going to do something with it i love that that's i just wrote that down for for me personally i I always tag with good intentions and then it's you end up tagging to your point with, with Groovy, pregnant women, regions, and all this stuff. But you're you're not breaking down into super specific regions of, okay, this email is only going to pregnant women in Kensington, in Toronto, <laughs> less than five months ago that we've been tagged. You're emailing six people on the list that would respond to something with with half that that effort so yeah if you're going into a clavio you, you you could probably build that list right there in a clavio segment without tax i mean maybe you need mm-hmm. the pregnant one but then like location order count i think other things you mentioned like you could just build that in real time no taggies yeah Exactly. Just, I remember I went back and audited something that I'd built early, early on. I just tagged anything and everything that, that I could. And, and it's a learning lesson. You, you know, you start with that and then and scale it down. But 
You're not going to be able to do that if you want to work, get more done and work smarter, which is what we're talking about in the next episode. So Jonathan, where can people find you? Where can people reach out to you if they have more questions, if they're interested in collaborating or working with you? Well, I am I'm on LinkedIn. I actually do a lot of just like advisory phone calls on this platform called Clarity, uh, clarity.fm. Mm-hmm. Started by Dan Martell, another Canadian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan's an old friend. Yeah, you could go on Clarity and we could chat on the phone. I do that a lot. Very cool. Very cool. And if uh, if the phone's not your thing, if you prefer more podcasts, make sure you're subscribed because we're going to be getting into some more advanced topics, how you don't have to work harder, but you can work smarter and get more done. Triple Will is doing some amazing things nowadays. They're developing just a huge range of tools to help your brand stay informed and scale. And Whale Mail is where you can get all these details. So head over to triplewill.com and sign up today.